This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Hey, Raw Beauty crew. Today's guest, Mimi Bouchard, is a thought leader in the self-improvement and wellness space. She has helped thousands transform their lives through her actionable and pragmatic approach to personal development. Mimi's guided meditation platform, Superhuman, has amassed thousands of subscribers that swear by the practice daily. And her podcast, Mimi, has over four million downloads. You better believe she's got some incredible pieces of advice to share with everyone today. We're talking raw beauty, we're talking routines, we're talking disordered eating, and all of the things. But before we dive in, I wanted to take you behind the scenes of a conversation I had this week with a woman named Aileen, who's a journalist with Vita Magazine, um, an online publication that is in Canada. They're spreading to the US. And they reached out to ask me my opinion on shapewear and the fact that shapewear sales are booming right now. And so I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. I wanted to share a question that Aileen asked that really made me pause for a moment and actually laugh out loud. So first of all, when we think about shapewear, so much has changed even in the last decade. We can rewind back in time to Bridget Jones' diary, and there's this iconic scene where she's trying to, you know, fit herself into this pair of granny panties that is shapewear. And she's just feeling so much shame about the fact that she has them on. Now, today, shapewear doesn't seem to have such a stigma. In fact, it's kind of becoming trendy. There are so many brands that are launching and talking about shapewear. Skims, Victoria Beckham recently launched a collection. Yiddy, which is Lizzo's brand. So lots of people wearing shapewear. The sales are increasing. More and more brands are offering it, which really makes us step back, well, some of us, and look at what is going on here. Why is everyone so interested in this? And are we taking a little bit of a step back in the body positivity movement by all of a sudden leaning so heavily into something that's designed to smooth and lift and suck in our bodies? So I'm so curious to know if any of you are wearing shapewear. I definitely have a couple of pieces in my closet, like a pair of nylons that suck my tummy in. I mean, I'm the first to say I'm very small, but there is something when you put on a really tight dress about having that shapewear that is smoothing everything out and just holding everything in for you. I don't know. I don't wear it very often, maybe once a year, but I can say like for me, it sometimes does feel kind of nice. I'm also always for women feeling confident in themselves. So if, you know, in order for you to go to work or in order for you to 
show up at a party and it feels better to wear shapewear, by all means, please go ahead and do that. I think, though, at the same time, we have to ask ourselves, why do so many women feel like they need shapewear to give them confidence? Because really, the shapewear is giving us confidence for a moment, but it's temporary. And as soon as the shapewear comes off, the confidence comes off as well. We know that only our most authentic self is actually able to feel that true love and acceptance that so many of us are craving. So if we put on a dress and some shapewear and we head out and we get compliments, it feels good in the moment, but it's not really like that deep lasting love and acceptance that we feel because some part of us wonders, you know, if they saw me without the shapewear or they saw me without the makeup, would they still accept me then? I also think there's different levels to this shapewear game. We're seeing corsets coming into play and like undergarments with boning. To me, this is fun in moments, I guess, in fashion. And I get it. Fashion is is playful and uh, we want to push the box. But I would just hate to see any of that become mainstream. I feel like that would be moving so far back in regards to women having ownership of their body. It just feels really constricting. And there are so many areas right now where it feels like women and our bodies are being restricted, constricted. I don't know. I'm curious to know what you think about this. Like, I think if it's a one-off thing, it's not the end of the world, but we also know that sometimes those one-off things catch fire and all of a sudden everybody's doing it. So in my mind, shapewear, it's not the end of the world. I get why so many women want it. And, you know, even I feel better with it on when I'm wearing a a more fitted dress. And at the same time, wouldn't it just be nice to live in a world where we didn't feel like we had to suck and tuck and, you know, make curves on our butts and lift our boobs sky high and that we could just feel confident in, you know, our true authentic self. At the end of our conversation, Aileen asked the question, do you think men will ever start to wear shapewear? And I actually laughed out loud thinking of men wearing these tight shirts with sewn-in bicep muscles and pectorals that were a little bit bigger and maybe the etching of a six-pack and like a bigger bulge in the underwear area. Like my mouth was hanging open. I could never imagine it being a thing. But then yet, why do we as women (laughs) go to all these lengths in order to do that to our own bodies? So I don't know. That was just really interesting. And it shifted my perspective a lot on the way that we mold and shape our bodies versus the expectations for men. Food for thought, raw beauty, talks. (laughs) It's a conversation to have around your kitchen table or with your friends tonight. So curious to know what all of you think. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you a over. All right, let's get back to Mimi. So Mimi and I dive into a, a number of things in this episode. She was having a little bit of a work crisis, which she touches on. So we had 30 minutes to jump in and to chat. And I went straight into the things that I knew that you would all want to hear the most. We talk about how she went from living paycheck to paycheck to the space that she is in right now. We talk about her morning routine, her evening routine, whether she's into meditation, movement, coffee, or wine, as well as a whole number of other things. So grab your coffee, grab your matcha, whatever you're drinking these days, maybe head out for a hot girl walk with the podcast. Mimi, welcome to the show. Yes. Well, thank you, Erin, for having me on. I was reading through your bio last week as I was doing a little investigation into you and all that you are. And one line from your bio really stood out. You said, I didn't like nor resonate with the feeling of being a victim, disliking myself, struggling with disordered eating, feeling depressed, and wanting to end my life. I hated being broke and living paycheck to paycheck. This sentence gave me goosebumps because I feel like so many of us have that moment in life where we are like, this is not it. This is not how I want to feel. But we get tripped up in knowing how do we move from where we are now to where it is that we want to be. So I'm so curious. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey from moving from that space to where you are now as a podcast host, an entrepreneur, a lifestyle, social media star, like all of these things that you've welcomed into your life. Can you tell us a bit about the journey? 
That's a huge question. I probably was at my lowest in my mid-teenage years, so I really went through everything quite young, and it was a blessing because I got out of it quite young, but it was also just a very confusing time. Obviously, we're all uh, very you know, hormonal at that time, and it's just we're lost, you're a teenager, and I really had like a dark time in my teenage years not knowing who I was and, and really just having severe like self-image issues and you know, where I am today, where I'm in my late 20s, this whole journey over the past decade has just been everything. It's been my life and I made a career out of it as well. So really from a high level perspective, I used to be, you know, very unhappy with where I was in life. Like you said in the quote, Mm -hmm. I was a victim and I didn't realize that I actually could be the creator of my life. I really thought that, you know, if, if I wasn't given something, uh, at a young age, I had worse luck to get there and maybe it would be harder. Now I know, but either way I could still create it and it's totally in my control. And since I've created that new belief and that new mind frame of being 100% responsible for my life, everything has changed. So this personal development journey over the past 10 years has been huge. You know, I've transformed my relationship to myself, my relationships with the people in my life, my financial status, my health, my body, my everything, my career, every bucket of my life has been transformed through this work. And it really just started from feeling like there was more out of life and having a moment where I just was sick and tired of feeling like crap. And there was a whole journey in that, you know, decade that, you know, I could go on and on. There's so many different ups and downs and it's never linear, but I can now confidently look back and say that it's just all been worth it. And, uh, I don't know who I would be if I hadn't kind of taken that first step. And I always knew deep down, I guess, to listen to my gut. And that was kind of the pivotal moment for me getting into this work was just listening to my gut and following that little voice. What would you say was one of the first steps that you took when you decided that you were going to take 100% ownership over your life? And I love this concept because so many people are stuck in that victim mindset of my mom keeps doing this, or I didn't grow up with that, or I'm always going to be stuck in this job or, you know, even stuck with limiting beliefs. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. What would you say was one of those first moments when you really leaned into trusting yourself and creating this life? I think it was opening up to education, really reading so many books and watching the free seminars that Tony Robbins would post on YouTube. This was like 10 years ago, back in the day before all this personal growth stuff was cool. I just became immersed into this work and I just, it was become, it had become almost an addiction, you know, like I became obsessed with personal growth. And I think the fact that I was so interested in the education piece and wanting to learn and, you know, listen to mentors that didn't even know I existed, you know, the Jack Canfields, the Tony Robbins, the Dr. Joe Dispenza's, the Robin Sharma's of the world. I really just was so receptive to new information. And I was, I guess, humble enough to realize I did not know it all. And I think that's what comes with taking responsibility for your life is understanding that, 
you're the only one holding you back, right? So it's like, if you're not there yet, you're obviously missing something. So I came to that harsh conclusion, that harsh reality and realized, okay, I want to learn from people who have what I want. And that's a huge piece of advice that I would tell anyone, only take advice from someone that has what you want, right? Why would you take relationship advice from someone who's been divorced five times, right? Why would you take financial advice from someone that's gone bankrupt, right? So, you know, just having that, as a priority for me, as a principle in my life. So I started learning from, you know, different things from different people. A lot of people in my life and my family, you know, they're so loving and they have great relationships. So of course I'll take great relationship advice from my mom because she's been married to my dad for almost 40 years. Right. But I wouldn't necessarily take financial advice from them or I wouldn't necessarily take business advice or other types of advice. So I have my people for different things, but when it comes to true personal development and true finding yourself, loving yourself and exploring what it would be like to be your ultimate self. I really wanted to go to the leaders in that industry and we can get everything for free. We're so lucky. We're living in a time where all you need to do is go on Google and just learn, go to the library, rent books, learn. And I think that was one of the best things I did at that time in such an early stage in my life where I was discovering this work. And I'm so grateful that I discovered it so young. It's changed the trajectory of my entire life and it's changed, you know, everything that I was going to do with business, with work. And it's, I've created a career around this now with superhuman. So it's just put me on the right path. I love that. And I completely agree that one of the top keys for success is surrounding yourself with people and the voices of those who already have what you are striving for. And the beautiful part of it about this, as you said, is that we don't have to necessarily be in the same room as them. We can listen to their podcasts. We can read their books. We can look at social media clips of them. I mean, make sure that you're following these individuals and filling your feed with their words and their advice. Who would you say are kind of like, if you had to give people three individuals that you find most inspiring or that have been most supportive to you, where would you recommend that they start? This is such a hard question to answer because it all depends on where someone is on their journey. For me, when I first discovered personal development, I read the book, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And it's like the most basic personal development book. I loved it at the time and it still has so much value. But now if I read it, I'd be so bored because it's just the fundamental basics, right? And then when I started getting into more of the spirituality of it and wanting to learn a little bit, you know, get into the work a little bit deeper. I loved Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've been to a few of his seminars and events, and I still love his work, but it's, you know, repetitive, right? It's he talks about the same concept, which I love, and it's part of what has helped me transform my life. But then there's another, you know, teacher potentially that has more of a motivational approach, maybe more of a pragmatic approach. And then there's, you know, so for me, it's really just happened in stages in my life. I really have probably had dozens of mentors um, in my life, whether they knew me or not, and I always, I'm always picking up random books and I'll read one book by an author that I've never heard of before and they've in, impacted my life. I will say Robin Sharma is one that, that really did also have an impact on me. He wrote the 5am club. I've actually had him on my podcast too. He's so inspiring. You know, what's interesting though. I've always been magnetized towards male writers. I don't know why I think because the approach is a lot more like, you know, quick, pragmatic, and a little bit less like woo-woo and spiritual, even though I have that spiritual side to me, I feel like I learn best with more of this like black and white teaching. So, you know, there are so many people. I, I really have had so many 
inspiring conversations, both in my podcast and have read so many incredible books. I, I really feel it depends on someone's phase and stage and their personal growth. But Tony Robbins was really the OG for me. And I don't know how cool he is anymore, but he had his, he had his big moment. I still love him though. And I think he's a good starting point for anyone really new to this work. I love Tony. I'm channeling Tony to be on the show. I don't care how cool everyone else thinks he is. Love his energy, all of it. Okay, so Dr. Joe Dispenza, Robin Sharma, Tony Robbins, a few of the names that you mentioned right now. All of them have done tons of podcast interviews, so you can dive in there. You mention a lot in your podcast and in the work that you do, the importance that routines have in your life on helping you to reach your greatest potential. So I'm curious, and I know my audience will love this too, what are some of the routines that are the backbone of your day? Absolutely. So I used to be the kind of person that would wake up and have a very, very strict morning routine where from 6.30 to 7, I'm doing this, you know, 7 to 7.15, I'm doing this and so on and so forth. But I realized over time as I got to know myself a bit better that I actually don't really enjoy doing that. And I'm a lot more intuitive and I need to really allow myself to have flow within the structure in my life. So I do pretty much the same routines on a daily or weekly basis, but not necessarily in the same order at the same time or in the same way. So for me lately, movement has been an incredibly big part of my you know, stability with my anxiety that I've been experiencing being a business owner, you know, I'm moving and listening to some sort of like motivational content while I move, obviously superhuman. I use daily. I am the product. I am the, you know, like the business owner. I'm, I'm like obsessed with the product. It's everything that I am. And we have these workout meditations and these walking meditations that are literally just these state changing audios that make you feel like you're in your own movie, like you're walking down this like runway of your life. It's, it's really fun to do. So that's something that I try to do at least three times a week is like a long walking meditation. I also work out, you know, with a trainer and I do walks as as much as possible when I can. So doing some sort of movement, it's a bonus if I can have it stack my meditation on top of that with a walking meditation or a workout meditation. And then journaling is another big one. I kind of just have have gotten back into it. I went through a bit of a phase where I was rebelling a little bit and not really wanting to journal anymore, but I've been really back on it lately and I feel so good being back on the journaling game. It just gives you so much clarity of mind. I noticed when I took a bit of a break from it, my thoughts were just a lot more jumbled. I was experiencing a little bit more anxiety and stress and I just felt kind of all over the place. So journaling has been a really big one. And honestly, writing and journaling has been a huge part of my journey. When I first started, I would religiously write every single day and I would write about my future self, who I want to become, my goals, and you know, just really just stay focused. Having it, putting pen to paper every day was a huge thing for me. A routine or habit I'd say that I try to stick to that I'm not perfect at at all is not being on technology as much as uh, you know your you're wanting to sometimes it's very easy just to mindlessly scroll and it's something I'm actively trying to improve but when I don't do it I feel a lot better and just trying to wind down and and monitoring my stress levels has been big lately. I've had a very, very challenging time with my startup business the past few months. There have been a lot of fires to put out and it's all happening at the same time. And we're about to deal with the whole legal thing with certain groups of people that did not 
do what they were contracted to do and it's a lot of money and it's a lot of emotion and it's just a very hard thing <laughs> to own a business and I, I'm grateful for it and I would not want to do anything else, but it's challenging me in ways that I didn't realize it would challenge me so much, you know, trying to separate emotion from this is quite difficult. So really maintaining my mental health during this time is a full-time job, just doing what I know works. Like even if it just means putting some frequency music on, on superhuman, we get these like custom frequencies made by this guy in Europe and he's amazing and we have them. So I'm often even not even listening to words. I just want to listen to this frequency music and relax and close my eyes and not look at a screen for five minutes and go out into nature, go on my balcony for five minutes. Just like those little pockets in the day if I'm thinking, okay, maybe I need this right now, I really try just to listen to that little voice before it goes away and go do it. Oh, so good. And I love how open you are about talking about your journey with anxiety. It's something that, you know, I've experienced so many waves of. And I, I also listened to your podcast episode with Jordan Younger. I'll share both of the links to the episodes we're referring to down below because I think everyone in the audience would benefit from listening to these. And my experience with Jordan, I've never heard somebody describe it in the same way that I've experienced it with intrusive thoughts and everything. So I think it's such an important conversation that you're having. And so often when we look at other people's social media or their Instagram or their website, we can think this girl has it all together. You know, she's gone from this really hard place and now everything's fallen into place. And so I think it's really beautiful and inspiring to hear that, yeah, you're doing amazing things, but it's also really hard. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect all the time. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I really try to share with my audience, you know, when something is is going wrong, or I try to at least share the moments where I'm not on top of my routines and I'm not on my game because it's just perfection doesn't exist. And it's really not about perfection. Living your best life is just about bouncing back as quickly as possible when you fall off track. Right. So I very naturally organically share what's going on. And it's been my life lately is just dealing with putting out fires and it's fine because that's what I've signed up for. And the benefits of owning this business really outweigh everything else. But it's just like so much pressure everything happening so fast, like the worst things happening last minute. And then you don't think it's going to get worse. It gets worse. And you have to figure that out. And then it all at the same time, you have personal stuff going on. Like we are moving to London for the next four months. We just bought a place there and we're getting a puppy next week. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Where do I have time to do anything? <laughs> so I put it upon myself too. I'm one of those people that I just like stack so much onto my plate and I just have to deal with it. So I have to, you know, kick myself in the foot there sometimes. So many people are nodding their heads right now. Like, yep, understand doing that. Does anyone else pack so many things all on top of one another and then feel overwhelmed? Because I know that I sure do. You've mentioned that you struggled a bit with an eating disorder or disordered eating at some point. I was reading your interview that you did with Brunette the Label, and they asked you, what's your favorite food? And you said grilled sea bass with roasted veggies. This was from a few years ago. This is back when you were living in London. And I'm so curious to know, what's your relationship with food like now? Yeah, I don't even remember doing that interview. It must have been like seven <laughs> years ago or something. <laughs> 
I still love sea bass. Don't get me yeah, wrong. I bet you do. Well, yeah, no, I definitely struggled with disordered eating. I would say d- eating disorder. I just never really like went t- to a doctor and got, you know, uh, prescribed that, that name. I definitely struggled with bulimic tendencies when I was a teenager, restrictive tendencies up until I was probably 21. I'm 27 right now. So uh, 21, 22, faded really slowly, I think. And then just all at once at the same time, most of it had gone away by the time I was 20, but then it obviously, you know, trickled back in. I really had a problem with loving myself back then, right? I I never thought I was good enough. My body was the perfect outlet to project those insecurities onto. So as everyone at that age, it seems feels the smaller you are, the better as a woman. And, uh, I just was completely not myself and not aligned with who I am today. And I didn't have any self-love really. So I just naturally, I guess, veered towards these behaviors. And I don't think that this could work for everyone. And I'm not going to say a blatant blanket statement that anyone can heal themselves from something like this, but I absolutely healed myself from my eating disorder, my disordered eatings from everything. I actually did go to therapy when I was a teenager for a bit and didn't really work at all. And, uh, for me, I, I just knew that I had to combat this myself and it took rigorous focus. And it wasn't just on this one disordered eating thing. It was actually just on every big issue in my life. And I felt that when I was getting quote better in one area, other areas would improve. Right. So And I feel like over that the past like six, seven years as well, like I've just really matured and have created just a life where just I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have those thoughts anymore. I wouldn't do those things anymore because I just know like what's that there's no worth to that. I'm so happy with where I am and I feel the reason I'm alive and like the joy to life is just to be present and happy in the moment. And I'm okay with not being like everyone else. And I'm okay with being my unique self. I don't need to look you know, exactly like this person. And I love my body the way it is. And I think that just comes with a level for, in my opinion of maturity as well. I was very young and I didn't think clearly when it came to that kind of stuff and it faded away. And I am very, very grateful for that because now I can happily intuitively eat. And I can tell you with full honesty, I have not had a negative thought about food and wanting to restrict or wanting to I didn't have any eating disorder thoughts in my mind and I haven't in like six years or five years, honestly. And it is so nice to think of because I used to really restrict and uh, I used to just hate myself every time I would, I would think about, this is the biggest thing actually, when I think back, I would think about food all the freaking time. And it was just like, is this my life? Like, is, am I not going to think about anything else? I'd think about, okay, what am I eating next? Okay. What am I going to restrict? Okay. What's the plan? And I, it just like, why am I wanting to live this way? So just no. <laughs> and I just really got over it. And that's simply it. When I look back, I just got over it. I worked hard to heal that myself. And I just took that responsibility to just get over it or go get help. And I decided to get over it myself. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that you started working on all of these different areas of your life. Because so often when it comes to disordered eating and eating disorders, we think it's about the food, right? Like if we can just have somebody write a nutrition plan for us and if we follow that, 
then the issue will go away. Or if we can just lose the weight and mold our body into some shape that the thoughts will disappear. When really the eating disorder thoughts and actions are a symptom of more pain that we're experiencing under the surface or areas of our life that aren't aligned or trauma that we are carrying. So when you began the self-development work and started looking at all of these different aspects of your life and healing those or transforming them, the eating disorder just started to fade away. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so beautiful to hear you speak that out loud. And oftentimes when I connect with people who've had an eating disorder, they'll say like, sometimes that voice still comes back or sometimes I still hear that. For me, I don't either anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that a large part of it is because I've done so much work on all the different areas of my life and continue to do that. So even when anxiety comes up for me, it's not linking to those disordered eating thoughts anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. If you had to choose between meditation, movement, coffee, or wine, what would you pick? <laughs> Definitely not wine. I'm not really a drinker. Um, coffee, I'm kind of, I go in and out. I would try to sneak an answer that includes meditation and movement because my superhuman meditations, you could do both at the same time. So I love a moving visualization, motivational moment. And there is so much science to show that when you do that and you're thinking new thoughts and you're visualizing new experiences and circumstances in your life while moving your body, there's actually so much more power in that. It's like your eyes are open. You're experiencing life while visualizing. It's not like you're just sitting with your eyes closed and then waking up as or opening up your eyes as the same old person. It's like you're actually living as this new self and embedding that energy while you're moving. So I would say movement and meditation and, and superhuman is not even really, it's a meditation app, but we're actually moving away from the word meditation because it's just like the traditional word, like anyone listening right now that knows the word meditation, everyone, obviously superhuman is not that it's very different, but we had struggled to figure out a word that, that aligned with what we offer. It's more like activating visualization, motivational, energizing, cinematic music and great guidance that just helps you become your future self. So it's like so beyond that. And it's for every moment of the day, not close, like not just closing your eyes and, and sitting down cross-legged. So, you know, to answer your question, I would say like that modern meditation that we've kind of created at Superhuman does in include movement. So I would say those two. <laughs> I love it. And I've tried the Superhuman app and absolutely love it. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know I'm big into mental rehearsals. And this is like mental rehearsals on steroids. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, it's incredible what you've created. I am absolutely obsessed with it. Uh, would highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in this type of thing. Two more questions for you. What does raw beauty mean to you? Raw beauty authenticity and just being the real you and, you know, just not trying to be something you're not because that's very beautiful is that confidence. I think true confidence and like in how, who you are and how you perceive yourself, just having that self-love is so important. So I would say that. Beautiful. If you could write a message and it was going to land in the inbox of every woman in the world, what would you say? That's such a good question. We actually have these 
this email newsletter called from your future self. And it's something we do with superhuman. And they're all these like short messages from your future self. And, you know, three times a week, we kind of send them out randomly. And that is actually what I think about when I write them, because I write the copy for that. And it's always something along the lines of you're doing better than you think. I love you. Like, keep going. Like, take some time for yourself today. Remember what's really important. You know, just start living a bit more in the present right now because that's what life is all about. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. For everyone who's listening, if you enjoyed this conversation, take a moment to share it with somebody that you love or care about. Take any information that lands with you. Leave the rest behind. I hope you all have a beautiful week, and I'll see you next Thursday. Thanks, Thanks Mimi. Thanks so much, Erin. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.